Welcome, all you blokes and chillers, to the Sport Shack from the Gold Coast, Australia. In the Sport Shack this week, we're going to talk about some of the sporting topics of the week and go back in time with some of our favourite sporting memories from the past as well as the news and events, music and film, and lots more. And all from and with our great mate, Paul Tonner. We acknowledge the Ugambe people, past and present, the traditional custodians of this land, of the Gold Coast, we thank the Yogambe people for the opportunities to do this podcast on their land. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of the Sport Show. And this is a special episode this this week because Paul can actually see the baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling a bit. I've got it up nice and close. Yeah. But no, nah, it's going a bit better. Because he's just telling me off air that... The yeah. last couple of episodes, you're spinning. It's spinning a bit. You can see it. Yeah. Welcome to old age, mate. That's right. Yeah, 50, oh, you get God. the 50, you go half. <laughs> half, yeah, half century midlife crisis for some people, but what next happens? Mm. You start to fall apart. Well, I tried these fortnightly contact lenses for several months. Yeah. And, you know, thought, oh, yeah, save a bit of money. Yeah. But they were. Bloody good as a one-legged bum kicker. <laughs> <laughs> like I, they, were, they were good for about two days. Yeah. And then, yeah, so, no, nah, going back to the daily. Uh, uh, yep. That's good. Yeah. No, I hope you're well and have had a great week, everybody. How's your week been, Glenn? Oh, yeah, good. I don't yep. know if you saw the video on uh, Facebook of my challenge at the no. gym. No, I didn't see that. You didn't see it? Oh, it's like no, a, I haven't been looking at Facebook too much. Yeah, no, no, well, I did two challenges at gym this week. Yeah. Um, Tuesday it was a, to do a hundred, a hundred upright row, upright, a hundred seated upright rows. Yeah. Which I did in about three minutes. Gee, that's all right. And my trainer, I, I said to my trainer, what do I get for this? And he says, what do you want? I said, two grand. <laughs> <laughs> he came back with a counter offer for 500 bucks and I went back with a counter offer of 1999 So these upright rows with, yeah. um, like, dumbbells? No, on the machine. Oh, right. And then, okay. and, and then Thursday, and we actually filmed this one on Thursday, which, mm. I, which I put up there, it was 100 leg squats on the machine Jeez. in under four and a half minutes. Yeah? And I did it in just over three minutes. Gosh. So what sort of machines are they? Are they hydraulics or? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, weights. A little bit of hydraulics. Yeah. But yeah, mainly weights. And right. But yeah, I've got a few other videos to, oh, cool. to put up because he wants to train me to either, he reckons we're going to either go and do the, Coyote Trail, yeah, or or or, or go to the um <laughs> to the um base of Mount Everest, yeah, twenty three thousand meters above above the ground. I said I'd rather do the Coyote Trail because mm. I'm not falling down twenty three thousand meters. Yeah, <laughs> no, but it was <laughs> it was the Coyote Trail will be bloody tough though. Yeah. But, you know, look at Kurt Fernley. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah. 
hasn't got any leaks, has he? And he yeah. crawled along it with his yeah. arms. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So it's, and it's a heat and humidity there. Yeah. Just that, just zap you. Yeah. 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 Plus all the bloody mosquitoes on top of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's a winner of the week. Glenn's yeah. uh, performance in the gym. Yeah. I'll tell you another big winner. Aussie George Cosmosis. He's an Aussie boxer. He went over to New York. He was the underdog. And, yeah, he won at yeah. Madison Square Gardens. Yeah. yeah, and not just by winning that fight, he won four lightweight titles yeah. at the same time. Uh, so the loser is the, is the gibberer who he beat, who just it was very ungracious in defeat. So he's a big loser. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, another winner I have is the WTA in tennis, standing, standing up um, to China. Yeah, because you know how that you know the uh, the player went missing. Yeah. Yeah, but they think oh you know she's been found and uh, yeah. and the interview that showed that she's been found appears that it was a bit staged. Yeah. Yeah, but think you know things like the Olympic Committee they just toothless tigers they just won't stand up to China, the yeah. Chinese government. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just heard this morning Paddy Mills he. Aussie basketballer, he won the Don Award. That's the biggest award in Australian sport each year. Yeah, so there was a lot of really great performances this year, wasn't there? Yeah. Especially at the Olympics. And yeah. Yeah. But, no, looking at some other losers. <laughs> Go to the losers column now. <laughs> Novak Djokovic, again. He's been getting a... He's been, <laughs> Getting in there lately, hasn't he? Yeah. Not telling if he's been vaccinated or not. And yeah. Thereby jeopardising his, you know, the record. Because yeah. if he wins another Grand Slam, yeah, um, yeah he breaks the record for yeah. the most number of Grand Slams. Yeah. Yeah. And Brandon Smith, the Melbourne Storm player. Oh, my life. Like, he was on a podcast and... Yeah. Swore about 70 times in an hour <laughs> and just, you know, saying, oh, how much, you know, he's looking forward to joining the Sydney Roosters in 2023 and yeah. winning a premiership with yeah. them and criticising the Melbourne Storm, you know, for drinking culture and, yeah. you know, just uh, Melbourne Storm are like the ones who gave him a premiership, you know, and yeah. stood up for him. Yeah. Like a few months ago when he was snorting cocaine in the hotel room. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, something else I forgot to mention during the week. Yeah. But after um, after we finished recording last last week's episode, I, I did a, a, a group Zoom call with friends I went to school with in Sydney. Oh, really? Which was really interesting. Yeah. Um, because I went to school called Broderick House, which is a, a special school for people with disability. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of blown away about what some of them are doing now. Yeah? In, bus- in their own business. And, right. And stuff like that. There was one of them that was, he was employed with by the federal government to consult on disability. Mm. 
he left there, started his own business, and now is at the federal government ab- about the um, about the disability. Oh, good on him. Yeah, so yeah, it's quite amazing. And even when was the last time you would have spoken to him? Oh, I left Broderick House in nineteen. 19- 77. Jeez. But then Daniel Devone, sorry, Daniel Devone, I think I got that right. Mm. I kept contact with him all this time. Yeah. Yeah, Facebook friends and and even when I'd moved up to the, um, to like Cowboy South of Pump Quarry in New South Wales. They used to bring their caravan up and stay on the property. Yeah. So yeah, the family, the family's always been in contact oh. with um with the Daniel's family. So mm. no, but he is 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 um. It's come a long way. Yeah, he started this business off when the internet first started, and he yeah. he was one of the first ones to start this search engine for. When mm. you wanted to find a product, yeah, and start the shopping online, and Jeez. he does apps, and mm. and he's got this beautiful apartment overlooking the the, the beach on the north shore, yeah. And he's so got what was his disability? Uh, it's sort of a um, bit of cerebral palsy, but yep. also a, 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 an immune system, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Unfortunately, his brother passed away three years ago. But but um, both him and his brother had the same mm. disability, and and they weren't expected to live until till adulthood. Jeez. So, but, but he's, what he's doing now? He's still gone. So be into his fifties now, eh? Yeah, coming up to it. He's a little yeah. bit younger than me. Oh, okay. I'm an yeah. old. I'm an old dude. <laughs> everyone, everyone seems to be younger than me these days. Yeah, we're both in the fifties clubs now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, well, you know, it's just a lack of loyalty in rugby league. You yeah. know, all these players signing contracts for 2023, and yeah, I just think you know. You got to feel sorry for the supporters. How can you barrack for a team, you know, and players next in twenty twenty two when you know they're going to go when, when they're not going to be the same team? Yeah, the year after? that's right. Yeah. So yeah, another loser is the Western Australian government yeah. closing their doors. <laughs> so yeah, the Perth yeah. test has been cancelled. If someone sneezes in Western Australia, they bloody shut oh, down. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. But I did find it's a good way to get free space in the supermarket. Yeah. You have a sneeze yeah. and people go, Phew. That's right. They <laughs> take off from around you. Yeah. I come along and, you know, there'll be some trolleys blocking the blocking the, the, the aisle and I want to get through and I go, Ah, you and they yeah. see them grab their trolleys and start, <laughs> and start moving them on side. Oh, I just have to cough. You know, because I cough all the time, don't I say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they run a mile. Yeah. But, um, no, I just feel sorry for the sporting fans over there. Yeah. Because, yeah, they've cancelled the uh, Perth Test, which was going to be held 
the first Ashes test ever in the new Optus Stadium over there, yeah. which would have been fantastic, yeah. you know. And, uh, yeah, but they've cancelled it because – and it's fair enough because the players have to go into a 14-day quarantine. Yeah. So it looks like it's going to go to um, – Melbourne again, so Melbourne will host two tests, but I don't agree with that. Yeah, I'd like to see it go to Hobart or Canberra, somewhere yeah. like that. Yeah. So do you think, say, for the test, mm. this is the Ashes test? Yeah, they're supposed to hold the fifth test in Perth. Yeah, but, but for the test, should it just be all the tests are played at that st- in that stadium? No, so they're playing... In Brisbane. No, but you think it should be? Um, if they're going to be doing this, cl- oh, yeah, closing it on and off. Yeah, like yeah. if you have the, the one test in Perth yeah. and then you go and do yeah. do another another round in another state. Yeah. But the way it is, we're supposed to be opening up, but oh, mm. there's still this two-week quarantine and... Yeah, that that goes out the window, doesn't it? Is what what happens like when the borders open? Like you can just go in there, or I think you can because I'm going to Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but 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 you've got to have a a negative mm. COVID test. Yeah, and show them seventy two hours before you go. Oh, really? And show them your double vax certificate. Gosh, because the Queensland government. Up yours. <laughs> they wanted anyone coming into Queensland yeah. to have a, a, a certificate from the from the laboratory, which was going to cost a hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Now you have a family coming in, a family of six coming in to the Gold That's Coast. It's going to cost a mint from New South Wales, and there's what nine hundred bucks. Mm. That's $900 out of the economy of the Gold Coast. Mm. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Where does the government, the Queensland government, get their money from? Yeah. The Gold Coast tourism would be a big part of that pot. That's right. And what are they doing? They're starving us. They're making Mm. it starve. A lot of them are going bust. And yet they can have a week... Of drunken schoolies getting around. Yeah. That I bet you they don't have bloody eighty percent vaccination. I bet you they they didn't have to prove their buddy. I was amazed that went ahead. <laughs> oh, I got stunned. <laughs> yeah. I bet you they didn't have to show a bloody certificate mm. of their double vaccination or yeah. that or that didn't have COVID. Yeah. It's a bloody joke, Queensland government. Oh like, mate. Uh, I've had it. We're going to be stuck with them for a long time, <laughs> unfortunately. I was, I was hoping to win that eighty million dollars on Thursday, so I could buy a bloody island somewhere yeah. and just go and live in there. And if everyone wanted to join me, they can. Yeah, yeah. No, it'd be all right to go to the Norfolk Island or somewhere like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Phuket or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got we'll talk a bit about Phuket today. Yeah. I went to Phuket twice, twenty eighteen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Frank Williams passed away, age seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah, motor racing legend. 
Now, I've got a joke for you. All right? We haven't had a joke for a while. I'll see uh, if I can remember it. Uh, right? So Peter Sterling, the Parramatta great, uh, one of the greatest halfbacks of all time. Uh, he was one of – he was a legend halfback when they won all those premierships in the 80s. And he gets home one day and he gets this massive electricity bill uh, and it's – $30,000. And Sterlo's yeah. looking at it going, what the bloody hell is this for? And it's from Parramatta Leagues Club. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm going, what's Parramatta Leagues Club's giving me a $30,000 bloody fine? So, yeah, he's pissed off Sterlo and he goes down the Leagues Club and he inquires about it and they say to him at admin, well... You're the one who left the uh, the light on in the trophy room when they last when you last won the premiership <laughs> back in 1986. <laughs> uh, I'd I'd seen one of those. Have you seen those minions? Yeah, they, they have those quotes, and I I, I had um I read one this week that that said. Stupid people are like one of those closed glow sticks. You feel like snapping them in half and shaking them until the light, yeah. the light turns on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they said about Cronulla, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, in terms of Harold Holt, the Prime Minister, he drowned. Yeah. 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 Oh, you can turn the, the porch light off now. Yeah. <laughs> You've won the comp. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, I think that that bill's going to go up, Sterlo. Yeah. Yep. I think you better pay it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or don't or don't pay it and just wait that it gets cut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I saw some brilliant Christmas lights the other night. Yeah. yeah around Pacific Pines mainly. Yeah. Oh yeah. If you ever get a chance, go driving it around there. Yeah. Just incredible. The amount of work that's been done. Yeah. Well, 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 the way the price of petrol is, I had to push me car there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a funny joke. Oh, yeah. I noticed it went down a little bit yesterday, but yeah. I drove all the way to Helensvale on yeah. Thursday yeah. to get cheaper fuel. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> we went out to um, – we went out to – the ring, yeah. And I was in the hurry to get there to get to an appointment. That I forgot that I drove past the cheap petrol station. Yeah. And um, so he got I got petrol from from the ring. And it's a bloody about a dollar ninety two a litre. Yeah. And I said I said to Sam I said don't ever complain I don't take you to somewhere expensive. Well, the first time <laughs> I saw it was the servo here. This was going back about three weeks ago. Yeah. And it's, it was a dollar ninety something. Yeah. And I'm going, oh, that must be a G up. They must have a malfunction on their board or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few days later, I'll see it. Yeah, dollar eighty nine, dollar ninety two, and I'm yeah. going, shit. But, but, this but United are always good. United, yeah. Or um, there's a new one that's opened up called Hope. Yeah. So it's these smaller ones, and generally you can get cheaper fuel there around dollar sixty. Yeah, well, two. there's one that's been on the Southport Narang Road. It's mm. 
it's a small station. It's been a dollar fifty-five. Oh, gee, that's all right. But there's always a bloody queue every time I go past. Yeah. Yeah, I've haven't got time yeah. to be bloody. That's all right. Waiting to. <laughs> but but how can these smaller petrol stations be offering it cheaper? Yeah. And the big big guys. Oh, I can never work it's it out. It's just price gouging. You know? I yeah. bet with the election coming up, I bet you that'll be on on the buddy. Both sides of politics to distract us from the truth. Yeah. Oh, we got to do something about the price of petrol. Like oh, price of petrol, we're just coming. Oh, well, it's all got to do with the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, the price of oil, but. They base the price of the refinery, what they sell it at, yeah. as what it is in Singapore, mm. not what it costs to actually refine in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> bring on the electric vehicles, bring on solar power. Oh, yeah. Life will be a lot easier then, yeah. won't it? Yeah. Anyway, today we're going to go back three years. Well, it's nearly four years now. Gee, that's gone quick. Yeah. To the year 2018. Yeah. So this was the year you and I met, Glenn. Yep. Yep. At men's group in Coomera. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I just got back from my first trip to Phuket. Yeah. And, um, yeah, have you got any other memories? Yeah, just seeing that the, um, the Gold Coast changed from all the, you know, mm. well, from... From when the um, announcement first happened for the games, for all the years leading up on how we, all these skyscraper trains appeared from everywhere, I think from everywhere, I think at one stage we had about 60 yeah. buildings with, a, with a sky, the big cranes mm. up, up around the skyline. Yeah. It just exploded. Just it? amazing, the development. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just seeing you know, the, the the swimming pool at Southport that was closed. It was supposed to only be closed for twelve months, but it took them longer than. Oh, that. it did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah, that that was a bit of a, a disappointment. Mm. That took a long time yeah. to be built. Yeah, mm. but yeah, we've got some great facilities out of it. Oh, we do. That are still yeah. being used today. Well, just the other day, I was driving past. You know the. Um Metricon Stadium, and you, you know you've got that there. They they built that very quickly. Yeah. Um, but it's not just that; it's the indoor stadiums yeah. that are beside it, yeah. yeah, which are being used now. And yeah, you're right. And every day, just about, I we drop, you know, I drive p- past the uh, yeah. where the village there, the uh, where the athletes were staying. Yeah, yeah it's the, not far from here. The Smith Collective. Mm. So that's all used for. You know, just student student accommodation mainly now, isn't it? Yeah, well, mm. yeah, it's um, people can rent there and and they can have pets and they can hang yeah pictures on the wall and mm. yeah, it's a good setup. Yeah, it's a handy location too. Yeah. You know, you're near the main hospital and yeah. main transport. And yep. Yeah, but no, that, that's my main memories of 2018, the Commonwealth Games, of course, and yeah. not just during the games, but the lead up. Yeah. And I remember we were getting these letters at work saying, oh, you know, you've got to leave like two hours earlier. The traffic's going to be pandemonium. Yeah. You know, like it was like um, Armageddon. Like, yeah. and that, 
two weeks when it was on, <laughs> the, the, the roads have never been so bloody quiet. Uh, yeah, because yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're scared of the locals off. Yeah, that's right. They'll decide to nick off. To oh, yeah. Go on holidays for two weeks. But just out here, I remember um, they had like a baton parade. Yeah, the baton was being carried around the city and... Yeah. Um, yeah, and I went to that across the road. They had all these festivities on and yeah. music, live music and yeah. speeches going on. There was another one up at the uh, university that Livy and I went to. And, yeah, yeah just all the events, yeah. you know, like I went to – we went to a whole heap of events. Like we've got photos here, Livy and I at the hockey. Yeah. That, that was held just here in Labrador. Yeah. Yeah. So um, – just up the road, pretty much. Yeah. And where, what else did I go to? Oh, the athletics, that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Went to a nighttime session. Athletics is just great to go watch live because there's just so much action going on. Yeah. At the one time, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I went to the squash, the boxing. Yeah. One thing I couldn't find, though was a Commonwealth Games photo album. <laughs> I looked everywhere for it. Yeah. All the souvenir shops and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they had all this stuff set up on the beach, you know, yeah. like groups singing on the beach. They oh, had yeah. all these microphones. There's yeah, Libby man. singing away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember and remember Borobi, the, the koala, blue yeah. koala, yeah, the main yeah. emblem. And I've got a present for you. Burby key ring. Oh, thank you. Yep. Oh, they're coming handy, old brother. Yeah. It's been sitting there on my wall for four years, so okay. you can have that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be able to put that on me. Um, oh, yeah. I'll be able to put that on me key ring. Yeah. But no, I remember um, I went to Phuket. I went to Thailand for two, twice in 2018. Yeah. I went in the middle of the year. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, just loved it. Yeah. Just go, and especially these day trips, you know, that you went on uh, boat tours around to the different islands and, yeah. yeah, yeah. and there was one day I went and I went out to this island and the very next day I just stayed at the hotel and uh, this massive typhoon hit. Yeah. Yeah. And where I'd been the day before... There was a boat, big boatload of Chinese tourists yeah. who were in that same spot yeah. and, yeah, about 45 of them died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, no, it was great. Had a great time in, um, yeah, just really enjoyed the Thai culture and, yeah, and I went back later in the year because I enjoyed it that much and yeah. lots of beautiful pretty ladies too. <laughs> that helped. <laughs> yeah. So, no, I might be able to go back there soon. We just don't know the way the world is I, now. I, I see how you change that from going, oh, I might be able to go back soon, oh, mm. one day. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I don't really know. Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my son, mm. rang up, he went to book the tickets, for, he got some cheap um, flights, $500. Yeah. Each way to Thailand, and yeah, yeah apparently he, 
he ended up canceling it and then yeah. calling me and I said, well, because the, 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 the countries have got to have an agreement mm. to be able to go back and forth. Yeah, that's right. Because I, yeah. I know there's other <laughs> Asian countries that they've got the agreement with, but I don't think Thailand's one of them. Nah. Uh, I don't so think it is. I, I said to Greg, if you go over there, you might be stuck there yep. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> or else have to do the two-week quarantine yeah. when he gets back. But anyway. Well, I went to a city. I stayed for about a week. It was a city called Konkin, which yeah. is sort of the northern part. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, when you go to a lot of these countries, I'd, I'd take my Google – I'd have my Google Translate on my phone, yeah. you know, the app. Yeah. And when I went to Konkin, you know, because I didn't expect much there, but it was, oh, I loved it there, just going into all the temples. Yeah. And, yeah. There was so much to see there. Yeah. And just the markets, the markets were massive. Yeah. But going to, um, yeah, Konkin, you know, wherever I went, because they, they didn't speak, English as much like they did in Phuket, which is a real touristy area. Yeah. So Con Ken's sort of, you know, like it's where you really experience the Thai culture. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'd be using Google Translate and then I'd be getting all these weird looks. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, it worked in Phuket. Why wasn't it working here? Yeah. And then with about, I think it might have been on my second last day there. <laughs> I'll find out they don't speak Thai there. They they speak another language. Yeah. They speak Isan, which is the region. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's a bit like Thai. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so but, but, yeah. I didn't do my research there. <laughs> but they, uh, they were all great about it. Yeah. 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 Rightio. So we'll move on to the quiz now. Mm-hmm. So we've got four questions this week. I'll read out the questions first and then... I'll do the answers. You do the answers, yeah. Okay, question number one. Now, remember, they all relate to the year 2018. So what was the name of the Sydney Roosters rugby league star who went into the NRL grand final with a broken scapula? So what was the name of the Sydney Roosters rugby league star he went into the NRL Grand Final with a broken scapula. What a Herculean performance that was. Right, question two. What country won the 2018 World Cup? What country won the 2018 World Cup? So that's in, in soccer. Football. And third question. Which team? Uh, 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 not football, AFL, mate. No, no. If football's... Uh, the real football soccer. Yeah, yeah so, so why did you say no, no, I don't play uh, AFL in China. No, or, but when you started, <laughs> when you started question three, you said football. I don't play AFL in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but okay, okay, I might have been wrong. <laughs> I do mishear things lately. Yeah. Uh, There's all different interpretations, I guess, especially here. Like we've got about four different types of football, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which team won the 2018 AFL Grand Final? All right, that was a cracker of a match, that one. And question four, what country hosted the 2018 Winter Olympics? 
What country hosted the 2018 Winter Olympics? Jeez, they'll be coming up soon. Yeah. It's in uh, China, I think. Beijing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> so the answer to the question one, Glenn? Cooper Cronk. Cooper Cronk. Yeah. yeah. He mainly played his whole career with Melbourne. He was a absolute star player for them. But yeah. the last few years he uh, yeah. went to the Roosters. Because yeah. he wanted to be with his uh, fiance. Uh, yeah, he works on Fox Sports. Yeah. Yep. I <laughs> oh, don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, answer the question too. The 2018 World Cup. France defended Croatia. Defeated Croatia, yeah. Four, Four to two. Yep. And the winner of. The 18, 2018 AFL Grand Final was West Coast. They defended Collingwood by 94 to 74. 79 to 74, yeah. 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 Mm. So that's only a goal and a behind. Well, Collingwood were leading the whole match. Yeah. They had a big lead at one stage. West Coast fought back, but Collingwood were leading the whole game with yeah. about, until about... Oh, it would have been two minutes to go. Yeah. yeah. And what country was the answer number four? Korea. Yep. Pong Yangchen. Yang Yong Chang, I think it is. Yong yep. Yong Chang. Yeah. Can't say I've been there. Maybe one day. <laughs> one day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> these days, maybe a lot another life. Another lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rightio. Okay. This week's Who Am I? So this week we're doing something unprecedented. We're going to have a superstar from the NFL, American football, talking about another type of football. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an American football quarterback who currently plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. Incredibly, I'm still a superstar in my sport at 44 years of age. And according to Wikipedia, I spent my first 20 seasons with the New England Patriots, where I was the main contributor to their six Super Bowl wins during this period. I hold many NFL records, which include records in regular season touchdown passes, 591. At the 2018 Super Bowl, I had a great game and threw more than 500 yards. However, it was not enough to stop the Philadelphia Eagles from winning their first ever Super Bowl. However, the following season, I starred in the Patriots' sixth Super Bowl win, completing 21 of 35 passes in the side's victory over the Los Angeles Rams, 13 points to three. This was the lowest score in Super Bowl history. Do you get in the Super Bowl much, Glenn? Nah. Nah, same here. <laughs> I, I remember watching it with me, um, me brother-in-law up in Brisbane. I think I watched about the first ten minutes and then I slept for the rest. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of um, tactic, tactics in it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I guess, you know, like it's it's – Sport you got to grow up with, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, but I also got the. Uh, I also got 
asked to lay the first Harry Potter movie. And mm. the picture did it because I, I snore. Snoring. <laughs> I oh, snoring to that. I would have been joining you. <laughs> <laughs> I never fell asleep in the movie theatre, but I just got woke up. Well, I was lucky when I saw Avatar. Yeah, because I was about the only one in the theatre. So, yeah, I fell asleep after half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I can't put – this is too much for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In 2020, I signed a two-year contract worth $50 million with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and led my team to an upset victory over the Kansas City Chiefs, 31 points to nine. I'm widely considered to be the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm married to the famous model, Giselle Bunchen. My name is... And we revealed yeah. at the end of the show. Okay. Where are they now? Yeah, I'll have a... I'll talk a bit more about that, who... um. Now, where are they now? Guest is this week. Oh, not where are they now? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I know this American guy who lived in New England and he was a, he's a massive Patriots fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So this week, yeah, we have uh, something a bit different. We're going to the world of men's marathon running. Now, when I was growing up in the, you know, the 80s, like marathon running was big, you know, because we had a couple of superstars like Robert D. Costello and Steve Monaghetti. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but at the 2018 Commonwealth Games, um, yeah, we, there was a guy called Callum Hawkins. <laughs> now, I had, to, I had to Google and find out his name because, yeah, he's, I wasn't fami- very familiar with him, but I'm very familiar, familiar with what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's a Scottish distance runner who mainly competes in the marathon, competing for Scotland at the Commonwealth Games and Britain in the Olympics. Yeah. According to Bishy, the Bishy PE School podcast, he runs approximately 120 miles per week. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's the Scottish record holder in the marathon and the British all-time Number three at the distance behind Mo Farah and Steve Jones. Hawkins is also the all-time Great Britain number two and European all-time number six in the half marathon. So in 2010 to 2012, Hawkins competed and excelled for the Butler University in the United States. And according to Ben Bloom in The Telegraph, he then studied mechanical engineering at the University of the West of Scotland. And according to the Glasgow Herald, Hawkins competed at the 2014 Commonwealth Games held in Glasgow, Scotland, representing the host nation in the men's 10,000 metres, finishing 20th. Now, he competed in his first ever marathon at Frankfurt, in Germany in 2015, finishing 12th in 2 hours, 12 minutes and 17 seconds. And at the 2016 London Marathon, so that's one of the top marathon, biggest marathon races in the world, that one. Yeah. Yeah, Hawkins finished 8th and was the first British qualified athlete to finish, therefore qualifying him for a place in the Great Britain team for the 2016 Olympics. He finished 9th in that, which is a very good performance. In a time of 2 hours, 11 minutes, 52. 
And according to BBC Sport, he finished fourth in the men's marathon at the 2017 World Championships, equaling the best ever performance by a British runner in this event. Now, Hawkins is well remembered for leading the men's marathon for most of the race and collapsing near the finish at the 2018 Commonwealth Games here on the Gold Coast. Now, he had a comfortable lead with under two kilometres to go. However, began to be affected by the heat with the temperature. According to Luke Bettany from ABC News, now he reckons it reached 28 degrees. I remember that day. Mate, it was easily 30, yeah. 35. It was, look, it was an unusually hot day for April. Yeah. Normally, you know, the weather here is just perfect in April, you yeah. know. But that last day of the Commonwealth Games, it was bloody hot. Yeah. And I remember they ran past my apartment and I went out to go and watch it. Yeah. And this is like early in the morning, you know, and it was scorching then. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, Hawkins began swaying towards the roadside barrier and even crashed into the spectator area next to the course just ahead of the Sundale Bridge in Southport. <coughs> Pardon me. Now, each time I go over that Sundale Bridge, yeah. and I went over it again yesterday yeah. when I was working, yeah. I think <laughs> of the one and only Callum Hawkins, yeah. how he had the finish line in sight. Imagine that. Yeah. Like, Marathon race is like 42 and a half kilometres. Yeah. So he's leading the whole race. Yeah. And he can see the finish line in sight and he just couldn't go any further. His body just completely collapsed on him. Yeah. What did you drop, Glenn? It's all happening here. (laughs) Oh, what happened to the key ring? Yeah, oh, it's still alive? Yeah, it's still alive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just lost concentration for a moment there. <laughs> We're going from crashing into bridges yeah. and... Yeah, crashing. Yeah. Crashing coolings. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, so the 25-year-old, he courageously got back on his feet, however struggled to make his way across the bridge. And more than once, he needed to use the roadside barrier to prop himself up. Yeah. Hawkins then crashed into the railing again on the Sundale Bridge and collapsed on the road, and he was just unable to get up this time. And Michael Shelley of Australia, who was greatly affected by the heat himself, yeah. um, he was about, you know, around approximately two minutes behind in second place. Yeah. So this is how dominant Hawkins was winning by. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so he passed Hawks, Hawkins and went on to win his second consecutive Commonwealth Games marathon. And, yeah, race officials attended to Hawkins and he was taken to the hospital for a medical review, but there was so much controversy the next day because um, there was all this criticism, you know, why did the officials take so long to get to him? Uh. And while Hawkins is lying on the road, you know, in distress... These idiots, like, had taken photos on their phone of him lying there on the ground. Yeah. And it was just disgraceful. Yeah. Yeah. See on the – you can see a picture there. Yeah. And the thing that really angered me was um, uh, Michael Shelley. He copped a lot of criticism too. Yeah. 
uh. for not stopping and helping him. Yeah. Like, what's he supposed to do? He probably didn't even know he was there. Because yeah. he was so affected by the heat himself. Yeah. That, um, you know, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he, he copped a lot of uh, criticism that just, you know, yeah, just wasn't worth it really. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, no, every time I go over that bridge, <laughs> I think of him. Yeah. I think of what happened that, that day. Uh, yeah. And Commonwealth Games organisers, yeah, as I said, they received a lot of criticism. And, however, Goldock CEO, Mark Peters, yeah, he said it wasn't possible for medics to be positioned on every kilometre of the track but said officials would look into whether the response time was reasonable. Now, Shelley, who was based on the Gold Coast himself, well, we spoke about him last week, actually, mm. touched on, yeah, he was uh, one of uh, the athletes we spoke about uh, on uh, our Gold Coast sports, famous sports people episode, eh? Yeah. Um, yeah. He said he believes that no athlete could prepare for the conditions the marathon field had to face that day. And Shelley said, quote, on abc.net.au, I'm stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) The emotion in the crowd really got me home in the last couple couple of kilometres because I finished at Broadwater Parklands. Yeah. Yeah. That's how close he was to finishing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah, so Callum Hawkins, he thankfully recovered from the severe heat exhaustion that final day of competition at the Gold Coast, yeah. the Gold Coast Games, and, yeah, he's resumed his career. Um, but that was a, one of the main reasons about why he collapsed that day. Is, you know, he's come from Scotland where it's bloody freezing cold most of the year yeah. to running in the, you know, that hot, Humid conditions that day. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's look at what uh, Callum Hawkins is doing today. So, as I said, he's resumed his athletics career. Now he's a, he admires the great Michael Jordan just for his ruthless and determination. So he has unpleasant memories about what happened that day on the Sundale Bridge. However, he said he's learnt from it. Yeah, so, yeah, so he just thinks, you know, the next kilometre, the next mile whenever yeah. he's racing, not, yeah. you know, the finish line and, yeah. yeah, how distressed his body is and, yeah, not the yeah. final result, basically. Yeah. So he's 29 years of age and he's still coached by his father, Robert Hawkins, a former international runner. He finished fourth in the men's marathon at the 2019 World Athletics Championships, the same placing as he did two years earlier in 2017. Now, unfortunately, at the 2020 Tokyo Olympics, he did not finish the men's marathon, which was held in Sapporo. Now, although, you know, the Olympics were held in Tokyo, they actually held the marathon in Sapporo, which is a city in Japan right up the very north. Oh, yeah. And that was because of the hot, humid conditions in Tokyo. Yeah. yeah. Um, but according to Mark Woods in the Scottish Herald, Hawkins was taken off the course in a wheelchair for treatment on an ankle that had bothered him in the build-up. And he lasted for just 
past 25 of the 42 kilometres. Now, Hawkins stated that he did not struggle much with the difficult conditions and the heat and humidity because he, <laughs> he had homespun heat chambers, a hot tub in the back garden and heaters in his dad's shed <laughs> to yeah. help him adjust to, you know, the conditions. Uh, so, yeah, he didn't want to – what happened on the Gold Coast that day uh, to happen again, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you look at like the, pretty much the whole world are watching you lying distressed on the uh, – yeah, like that, on the – yeah, on the road and uh, – yeah, it wouldn't be a good feeling. No. But no, full credit to him for putting it behind him and, yeah, not being bitter about it and – uh, yeah, he's looking forward to 2022 in which he's looking to compete at the World Championships, the European Championships and the Commonwealth Games. And I think they're all within a 50-day time frame. Uh, so he's going to be a busy boy. Yeah. yeah. After the Tokyo Olympics earlier this year, Hawkins said, quote, I feel unfinished business in both the worlds and the commies. So that's short for Commonwealth Games. Mm. So it'll be a tough one. Only one mission now, though. I need some time off and a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, his advice is, he's got very good advice, do something you love, see it through, even if it doesn't bring lots of money. If it doesn't work out, just know you gave it your best try. So I listened to him on this uh, Scottish, um, being interviewed on this Scottish podcast show, and, mate, I didn't understand a lot about what they were <laughs> The Scottish accent is hard to pick up. <laughs> but it was funny because when I went there once, they couldn't understand me. Uh, so it works both ways. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was – I think – I don't know whether it was Billy Connolly or, or it might have been this other Scotsman. Yeah. Um, other Scotsman comedian, and he's talking about when Noah had to build the ark because it was going to it was going to rain for forty days and forty nights. Yeah, and this guy said, "Well, God obviously hasn't been to Scotland because I, I think we're on day fifty-five. Oh, mate, it's always raining there. I was there in the middle of summer. Yeah, and. Mate, I don't think I saw one patch of blue sky. Like, <laughs> and it would have been what ten degrees, twelve degrees yeah. every day. Yeah. God, imagine how cold it gets in winter. Yeah, yeah. Bless my soul. Okay, so let's look at some events from 2018. So, looking at news, the US North Korea summit, and we also had the Inter Korean summit. Now, according to VovWorld.vn. The peninsula, however, there has been little progress and has been made in implementing the promises exchanged. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so a trade war between the US and China began and after the US imposed tariffs on Chinese goods worth $34 billion American dollars, China immediately retaliated with similar tariff levels levied on the US. The trade row between the two nations destabilised the global economy. 
Now, this happened while I was in Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. It was the uh, Thai boys football team that were rescued from the cave. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the team was called the Wild Boars. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, they'd gone to a birthday party that afternoon from memory and two years ago someone gave me, in my family, I think, gave me a book and on that these um, two Australian divers who went there, they were part of the rescue mission yeah. and I've never got around to reading it. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully one day I will but, yeah, what, this was all happening when I was over there and I just saw pictures of it all the time. And I go, why do they keep showing these boys all the time in this cave? And because, uh, you know, I, I couldn't, because it was like, it, you know, the news is all in Thai, so I, I, didn't, I didn't have a clue what they were talking about. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until I got back to Australia that, you know, I found out what it was all about. Yeah. yeah it was up in uh, Chiang Mai, but they'd gone to a party and I think it might have been the coach. He decided, oh, let's go and explore in this cave. Yeah. yeah, and they just, I think they went in there and they got lost and, um, yeah, big storm hit and they had to keep walking into the cave oh, to yeah. escape, you know, the the water coming in. And it's just an absolute miracle that they got them out. Yeah. Yeah, so it was a very complicated rescue mission and it ended successfully when all 12 boys and their soccer coach became trapped deep within, it's called Tham Lung Cave for 18 days. Uh, they were brought out safely. So there's around 100 divers, Thai and foreign SEAL team divers and cave experts are all involved. Yeah, and one diver died during the rescue. One thing was, like, because they had to try and get supplies to them. Uh, and these two Australian divers, they were, you know, they were given the instructions, you know, you, you're going to get to these these kids, right, and they'll probably be really happy to see you. They'll be smiling. And when you leave, just know that, yeah, you'll probably never see them ever again. <laughs> That's Yeah, yeah the, the, the odds of them surviving at that stage were so rare. Yeah. yeah. So, it was, yeah, just a oh, miracle, absolute miracle. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think of the book now. Ellis, oh, yeah, according to Ellis Hennicon in the book Against All the Odds, yeah, so they all had to remain calm under pressure, all the rescues, all the rescue team, and just intense scrutiny and just changing circumstances all the time. Uh. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, trust was really important. Yeah. Like they just had to rely on each other so much. Yeah. So no, it was a great effort. And Facebook, the world's biggest social network of 2 billion users, was accused of providing access to users' data that was used to manipulate election results. Mm. Yeah. Was this when, um, oh, you know, Russia's Vladimir Putin, yeah. yeah, he was accused of being involved in yeah. Trump's election win. Yeah. yeah. And Scott Morrison, he became Prime Minister of Australia. He's still Prime Minister today. 
after yeah, Pete, Peter Dutton's bid to take the reins of the Liberal Party backfired. Jeez, I wouldn't mind seeing Peter Dutton become Prime Minister one day. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got a lot of time for him. Baby Dutton. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of Morrison? Because he, he's from your way, from the Shire. The Shire. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah well, yeah. Well, I think he's the best man for the job at the moment. Oh. Yeah. I think there's still too much being done behind closed doors. Mm. Yeah. I, uh, because is it, I've got nothing against Christians. Mm. You can choose to follow whatever faith you like. But when it, when it comes to being the Prime Minister of a country, I don't believe you should bring your, your choice of faith into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, because if, yeah, because you know, I've seen him, and he needs to accept also because when we had those fires and he was over in. He went AWOL. Yeah, and he's trying to come back and he's trying to, he's trying to, um, Go around and see the fires and shake their hands. And, yeah, and they're not telling him to piss off. Telling him to piss off. <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm only trying to pray for him. Like, yeah. as a person that was, oh, that was doing that sort of job for a very long time, <laughs> mm. that does not roll when you're out there bloody fighting fires, you know, some stints have been up to 24 hours. Yeah. Where, and then you've got a guy that gets to Preaching go on the word of the Lord. Yeah, mm. yeah. And you go, well, hang on. If to me, how can I see mm. some great powerful being? Exactly. Well, I'm out there doing this for mm. myself, yeah. uh, for the country that I live and love in, mm. that I live in and, and love. To have, yeah, don't get paid for it and then have someone come along and, Mm. yeah. It's not what you need at that time, eh? But that's why I sort of like, even though Tony Abbott was a Christian man, he was still out there doing, um, as a volunteer and he is now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I actually prefer Tony Abbott. Yeah. Because he's been there on the ground level. Mm. When you've come up through, like most politicians have, oh. have, have come up from either a lawyer or accountant or come up for the ranks. But at least when Tony Abbott, he came up as a firefighter and still doing it today, mm. I just thought he's a bit more grounded. Well, you've got to have a lot of respect for him too because – and Julie Gillard's another one, you know, these former prime ministers and they yeah. they keep out of the limelight once, yeah. you know, once their term is finished. But yeah. you get this idiot, Malcolm Turnbull, oh, yeah. you know, and Kevin Rudd sometimes, but yeah, yeah, especially but, Turnbull. You know what it's called? Uh, Relevance deprivation syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. But I have seen Kevin Rudd stand up and speak. Mm. 
on some good issues that, that, the, that the government wasn't dealing with, like with Rupert Murdoch yeah. and all his power yeah. that he has over it. Yeah. And apparently he's, yeah, he, he was a climate denialist, but now he's publishing that, oh, yeah, we've got to do something about the planet. And mm. it's all, it's, we've just got to stop the BS in the world yeah. and tell the truth. BS gets us nowhere, but the truth does. Yeah, that's right. It's just everything. Mm. Yeah, because I've, I've even noticed on YouTube that that they only show the likes. They don't show the dislikes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, maybe, maybe. I've the, noticed that too, actually. Maybe the world's yeah. changing and becoming more compassionate. And, mm. And because you either you you either like it or you know, like with with being a Buddhist Buddhist practitioner, yeah. One of the things is is that if I can't help someone, at least don't harm them. Yeah. So when I watch a video, if I don't like it, I I. For my own reasons, yeah. I don't press the dislike button unless it's really bad. Mm. But, yeah, and then again, I won't press the like button until, unless I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, sometimes I go to like it, but then it won't let me do it because yeah. it wants me to sign in to Google again and I thought, no, yeah. bugger all that. Yeah. <laughs> Rightio, so we'll look at film for 2018 now. So, yeah, Green Book. Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh, brilliant movie. Yeah, I saw that down Australia Fair. And Black Klansman, that was another good movie. Yeah. Yep. And in TV, there was Employable Me. So that was a show about, you know, young adults with uh, special needs. Yeah. Trying to find work and... And Married at First Sight. Oh, that was probably the first year when I really got into that. <laughs> oh. All the drama and I'm gonna I'm gonna apply for that, Glenn. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, the, the 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 guy I, the guy I train with. Yeah. He wants to send me. Because apparently you can sign up for this four-day um, army training camps. Yeah. And he, re- he reckons uh, I'll, I'll get booted out <laughs> <laughs> with my mouth. <laughs> yeah, I'd struggle. I'd struggle for one second on that show. Yeah. Married at first sight, yeah, I'd give it a – I'd give it a – I'd have to keep my mouth closed there too. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, in music, we had Ivana by Camila Capello. I think that's how you say it. And Nice For What by Drake. So let's look at sporting events for 2018 now. So, oh, boy, we had one really big event that happened. Well, first of all, it's the year started off good for the Aussie cricket team. They retained the Ashes on home soil, defeating England four tests to nil. However... A few months later, drama, 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 drama. <laughs> Sandpaper Gate 
<laughs> we spoke about this in our sporting scandal show, didn't we? Yeah, yeah the Australian ball tampering scandal occurred oh. in the Test Series against South Africa in South Africa. And Aussie cricket hit an all-time low with the cricket cheating scandal surrounding the Australian national cricket team. And during the third test at Cape Town, Aussie player Cameron Bancroft, well, he was basically instructed to, he was caught by television cameras trying to rough up one side of the ball with sandpaper to make it swing and flight. It didn't do them any good because they got flogged anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Captain Steve Smith and Vice-Captain David Warner were found to be involved and all three received sanctions from Cricket Australia. The three players were sanctioned by Cricket Australia for breaching Article 2.3.5 of the Cricket Australia's Code of Conduct by engaging in conduct that was contrary to the spirit of the game and bringing the game into disrepute. Now, Warner was found to be responsible for the development of the plan um, and Smith was known to have known of the plan but failed to take steps to prevent it. Yeah, so both players resigned their positions and they received 12-month bans. So, yeah, Australia, um, yeah, with the the Ashes test, there's been a lot of controversy in the last week with um, Steve Smith being appointed vice-captain. Now, that sits well with me. I, I don't have an issue with that, you know, because um, I really see David Warner as the person who was behind the main person responsible behind that. Ooh. Like, he came up with the plan. Steve yeah. Smith, like, surely, you know, like, he should have acted on it. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, I don't know. I, I just felt a bit sorry for him, you know. Um, but, no, they seem to have turned their lives around and... Even David Warner, you know, like he's pulled his head in and, yeah, behaving a lot better on the field. And, yeah, so Australia lost the series three to one. And basically what it was, it, it, the leadership of, yeah, like I listened to, it's called the Leadership, leadership of Fools podcast. And, yeah, it really called it the culture of Australian cricket in the question. Uh, now, they're saying, you know, they were talking about the present culture at that time, but I think you've got to go right back, you know, like back to the uh, the 90s, even, you know, with Steve Waugh and, like, he was a full-on sledger. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, it wasn't just at that time. Like, a lot of Aussie cricketers hadn't been behaving well for a long time on the field. Yeah, yeah but yeah. also, again, you got to look at the crowd. Mm, exactly. The yeah. Barmy Army. Oh, I don't mind them. No, yeah, no, they, they, no, they're comical. <laughs> no, but if we're going to get picky yeah. on the field, we yeah. also get picky off the field. Yeah. Because mm. I, I know when I was there at the Sydney Test uh, all that time ago, that, you know, we had Simcox. Yeah. And they were kind of, even though it was comical, there was always a comment being tossed out at him. Yeah, and some of it's just not called for, is it? Yeah. But, yeah but, some but, of the abuse and – but it's all alcohol-related, mate. Yeah, yeah, but those ones at Simcox were really comical. Mm. He was enjoying it. Yeah. He was having a laugh a lot. Yeah. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> 
no, well, um, I think, you know, the South African um, players are very similar to the Australian players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they can see the sense of humour in it all, but... And all, you got to think, like, there's been lots of uh, ball-tampering examples. Um, however, this was exceeding the level. So what it was basically, you know, because it was using an external object. And there's a lot of debate over who actually knew about it, you know. Did all the bowlers know about it? Because uh, Cameron Bancroft, he's come out uh, this year, early this year, and said, yeah, uh, the bowlers all knew about it. Uh, um, where, all, yeah, the bowlers have s- strongly denied it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was just, you know, I remember just afterwards, like it would have been the day they were caught, just how naive the players were. Like yeah. Steve Smith and Cameron Bancroft are being interviewed yeah. at the end of the day's play. Yeah. And they just didn't understand the gravity of what they, they had done. <laughs> like it was like, oh, we're sorry for what happened and they just expected it all to be forgotten and yeah. life would go on as normal. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Nice, because it was a deliberate act, you know. It was using an external object. Yeah. Yeah. Like one thing that players do, they, a lot of them, well, you know, this has been proven, they um, have a lot of, eat, eat a lot of jelly beans on the field. Yeah. Yeah, because it causes a lot of sugar in the saliva and it yeah. puts a lot of saliva on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was one Indian player, he came out to bat. Um, oh, he's one of the left arm quick. His name forget eludes me now. But yeah, the English players when he came out to bat, <laughs> they put they had jelly beans there on the crease, <laughs> and he's gone to take guard, and he sees all these jelly beans on the on the wicket, <laughs> and he gets really pissed off, and he's abusing all the players. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on YouTube. So that, that sort of thing's been going on for years, but this was deliberate cheating. Yeah. You know? And it's like the underarm incident. Like, it'll never be forgotten. <laughs> like, be, we'll be talking about this in 30, 40 years' time. Yeah. I'll just wait for the movie to come out. Well, this is why they had, <laughs> this is why they had the, the documentary The Test on Amazon. Yeah. Um, because it was used to restore a lot of the lost pride of... Um, in respect of the Australian cricket team. Yeah. So it was being used to, you know, yeah, the Australian public to, yeah, just have faith in them again and see, oh, you know, we're changing. But then they, <laughs> look, after Steve Smith and David Warner went home and, you know, and they were crying at pe- press conferences and breaking down and... Yeah. Guess, you know, Tim Payne's he was appointed captain <laughs> not long before that. Yeah. He'd been, you know, sexting on his phone. Yeah. And the Australian Cricket Board had covered it up the last four years. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, yeah, I don't know whether things have changed much. I think it has, but, yeah, not to the extent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Four years later, you find out the current captain. 
yeah. about what he's been up to. This is dodgy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so uh, the Commonwealth Games, as we said, they were held at the Gold Coast between April 5th to the 14th. And uh, the Games featured 18 sports, so including beach volleyball, para-triathlon. I went and watched this that out um, near the Grand there, just across the road. Uh, mm, oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, what else do they have? Women's Rugby Sevens. So these sporting events took place at 14 venues in the host city, two venues in Brisbane and one venue each in Cairns and Townsville. And Australia topped the medal tally with 80 gold medals ahead of England with 45 gold. And, yeah, Borobi, yeah, he was the blue koala and he was the mascot for the Games. And there was controversy with at least 13 athletes from four countries, Cameroon, Uganda, Rwanda, and Sierra Leone. They absconded during or immediately after the Games. Also, the organising committee decided to bring in the athletes before the start of the closing ceremony. Yeah, so they, they got a verbal tongue lashing, the uh, organising committee, the following day. Oh, uh, my life. Yeah, and this angered many on social media, and especially Channel 7, who had the broadcast rights. And according to ABC... Many spectators and athletes left during the ceremony, resulting in a half-empty stadium for much of the event. The Games were generally a great success for Gold Coast. The predictions by Griffith University estimated that the Games are estimated to have delivered a $2.5 billion rise to the economy of Queensland. Uh, so imagine what the Olympics will hopefully bring. Yeah. yeah, including $1.8 billion to the Gold Coast. Yeah. But we've still got shitty roads. <laughs> <laughs> but I went out to the Helensville Recycling and Landfill Centre. Mm. And there's a yeah, I like it out there. It's good. And the, this is Friday morning. Yeah. And there's a traffic jam there. Yeah? Yeah. What's that? What, to get know. into it? Well, oh, was this just on the road you're talking just about? Just getting in there. Yeah. And I would say, why in there there's probably people ducking in and out of each other. And mm. I just sat I just sat in my car and just waited for all to calm down before I took off. Yeah. So I don't know what's... Just go in the dump their rubbish off. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least with the, they don't charge you money Yeah. to go to that one. Yeah. Well, you go to the ones in Logan, yeah. you, know, you just want to... Drop off some, you know, something small. Oh, it's fourteen dollars. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, they got a lot to do with the transport, haven't they? Before. Yeah. Yeah, like that light rail that was supposed to be finished three years ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't and know they haven't that. even started. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it should have been just open done with. Oh, money. it's a federal government's responsibility. No, it's a state government's responsibility. No, it's not. It's your responsibility. Pass <laughs> in the buck. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. the way the governments work these days. It's just ridiculous. Absolutely it ridiculous. End up, it end up costing more money. Mm, that's like right. Pass in the buck instead of just getting in there doing it. Yep, spot on. Yeah. The football World Cup was held in Russia, and it was a success. The Socceroos went out in the first round, though, because they couldn't put the ball in the net, as usual. <laughs> like, 
Yeah, they had to rely on goals, getting goals from uh, penalties. Uh. Yeah, they lost their first match to France, 2-1, and drew with Denmark, 1-all. So, yeah, that was a good result. But then they lost to Peru, 2-0. So, Sydney Roosters won the NRL Premiership, defeating Melbourne Storm in the grand final, 21 points to 6 to claim their 14th Premiership. And finally, New South Wales won the State of Origin Series two games to one under the guidance of new coach Brad Fittler. It was New South Wales' first series win since 2014, ending Queensland dominance. It was like their second series win in like (laughs) bloody uh, 13 years or something. And in golf, Tiger Woods got his first tour win in five years when he won the Tour Championship. US golfer Patrick Reed, he won the Masters. He's not a very popular, not a very popular sportsman, Patrick Reed. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, he got tickets on himself, I think. <laughs> from what, um, yeah, what a lot of athletes say. Brooks Kepka, the American golfer, he won the US Open and the US PGA. And Novak Djokovic won his fourth Wimbledon title, defeating South African Kevin Anderson in straight sets. And, yeah, there was a massive all-in brawl in a basketball match between Australia and the Philippines in Manila. Oh, mate, I'll put that on YouTube. It's one of the biggest brawls of all time. And according to Steve Larkin in thewest.com, three boomers were suspended in the aftermath and the Philippines had 10 players and officials banned after wild scenes which in, featured king hits, kicks and flying chairs. Okay, Glenn, what took place in motorsport? Aussie <laughs> <laughs> willpower? I don't mind that. That's a nice name, willpower. yeah. Became the first Australian to win the famed Indian 500. Great Britain's Lewis Hamilton become became Formula One World Championship for the fifth time, in cementing his place amongst sporting all-time legends. And at Bathurst, 1,000 was won by Craig Lowndes and Steve Richards driving a Honda Commodore BZ triple, triple eight racing engineering, according to Adam Mitchell in supercars.com. Scott McLaren won his first supercar championship at the final race in Newcastle driving a Honda, so a Holden. That's a street circuit, isn't it? Yeah. Newcastle, yeah. yeah. That'd be nice to watch. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if they – yeah, I don't know. It's, hopefully they'll come back in, in mm. sync again. Yeah. Spain's Marquez, Mark, Marquez won the 500 World Championship riding a Honda. Cool. Yeah. Rightio, so we have Who Am I now? Time to reveal this week's Who Am I? So the answer is Tom Brady. Gosh, I wonder when he'll retire. Yeah. <laughs> 44 years of age. Yeah. And, yeah. 
But um, apparently he's a really top bloke. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just has a, one, of, one of the reasons for his success is uh, he just has a lot of respect for the coach, all the coaches that he's had. So yeah. he acknowledges that I'm the player, they're the coach, all right, yeah. and I follow orders. Yeah. And, you know, not like in the NRL now, like where some players, oh, don't like the coach, oh, let's get rid of him and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they all understood their position with Tom, you know, with Tom Brady. Yeah. Like, that's the way he sees a coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I need to understand my position. There's no ego. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, no, just incredible to be going for that long. Yeah. You know, far out. <laughs> he might be there 70, when he's 70. Two years old. Yeah. Ego, ego. <laughs> <laughs> Touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. So, looking at next week, I was thinking we might go back to 1995. 1995? Yeah. 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 I think that's the final year of the 90s we have to do. Yeah. Yep. Smack bang in the 90s will do. Yeah. I've got a little bit of Oh, a request for our listeners. Mm. I would like them to go to the to the Sports Shack Facebook page to say hello from the country they're from. Yep. And what's their favourite sport? Yeah. So we can get to know our audience. Exactly. And That's a good idea. Yeah. And if you want to send Paul a message, mm. and just we may talk about your sport from your country. Sounds good. Yeah, and I just heard a two-stroke go past. <laughs> <laughs> up, up the Gold Coast Highway. How do you know it's a two-stroke? I could hear it. Yeah? So what does a four-stroke sound like? Uh, well, if it was a four-stroke, I couldn't hear it. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, a two-stroke's a lot higher pitched. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a two-stroke. I don't know where the dreadest is. <laughs> but it was definitely going. Maybe the 500cc has moved here. <laughs> <laughs> Outside our door. In Labrador. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the end of today's show. So thanks for joining us for another, another episode of the Sports Shack. Have a great week. Yeah. And we'll chat next time. Right, yeah. Talk okay. See you later. Bye. Bye. G'day, it's me again. Please check out the Sporting Shack on Facebook if you like this, for posts and other likes and shares. Have a great sporting week. Please check out Gold Studio Productions on Facebook. Until next time.